You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Monday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Reggie Miller will join us, get his thoughts on the Chicago Bulls documentary. Got off to a flying start last night. And one big takeaway, Jerry Krause was certainly unpopular. The Bulls fans actually booed their general manager during the ring ceremony. The ring ceremony. This is a team that Jerry Krause helped build. But the documentary sets up Krause as the one to blame for the dynasty coming to an end. I don't think he got enough credit for what he did to build the dynasty. He got all the blame for dismantling the dynasty. And Jerry Reinsdorf didn't have any blood on his hands. Imagine the owner is going to say to the GM, okay, we're not going to bring him back for one more year. Now, you can say Scottie Pippen was never the same after that. He went to Houston and Portland, and you're right. Uh, you had some of the bit characters. You had role players there. You still had Jordan for one more year, and you had Phil Jackson. Uh, it, it feels like you would have found a way to win again. You might have had to, you know had interchangeable parts there, but that was the surprising part of it is an owner is going to suck. You know, Robert Kraft... Let's say he sided with Bill Belichick to get rid of Tom Brady. It would be Tom Brady at age 43. Jordan, I think, was 33 turning 34 at the time. Crazy when you think about it. But the first episode was quite revealing. Even though you're around it, there was so much that went on behind the scenes with the Chicago Bulls. I did not know that they were known as the traveling cocaine circus. This was before Jordan got there. That that was they were not the Chicago traveling cocaine circus. They were the Chicago Bulls. Here's Michael Jordan talking about his rookie year going into somebody's room when they were on the road. I had one event preseason. I think we were in Peoria is in a hotel. So I'm trying to find my teammates. So I start knocking on doors. I get to this one door and I knock on the door and I can hear someone says, shh, someone's outside. And then you hear this deep voice says, who is it? I says, MJ. Uh, and then they all say, oh, he's just a rookie. Don't worry about it. So they open up the door. I walk in and practically the whole team was in there. And it was like things I've never seen in my life as, as a young kid. You got all, you got your lines over here. You got your weed smokers over here. You got your women over here. So the first thing I said, look, man, you know, I'm out, you know, because all I can think about is if they come and raid this place right about now, I am just as guilty as everybody else is had this in this room. And from that point on, you know, I was more or less on my own. Yeah, Mike would go in and take the top floor of a hotel. It, it was just that Mike certainly got away from his teammates back then. But those were teammates that, you know, he wasn't going to hang with Rodman. And he probably didn't hang with Pippen. It was Ahmad Rashad. And then he would have Randy Brown. And, you know, I mean, he had a couple of guys that weren't star players, I think, that he uh, hung around with. But it was usually Ahmad Rashad who was always there with him. But it was it was fun to see. And, uh, you know, that's just two episodes. They're still editing, I guess, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, or, or seven, eight, nine, and ten. They're still putting the finishing touches on those episodes. But I, I couldn't help but think about LeBron James last night, believe it or not. As I'm watching, I'm going, here's, here's LeBron in a great position to win another championship and to do it in L.A., so do it for three different franchises. And the season's put on hold, and all of a sudden the Jordan documentary comes out to reinforce 
how much better Michael is, how much more special Michael is. The separation between LeBron and Michael is this. That's what I kept thinking. Mike is ghosting LeBron without even trying to ghost LeBron. But it was magic back then. I mean, magical from the standpoint of watching this team and when they would go to town, everybody celebrated them coming to town. I, you know, I still go back to when I was in Atlanta and they, the Bulls came to town and it felt like 80% of the Omni was there to see the Chicago Bulls. You were hoping your team could win, but you were there to see the Beatles. I mean, they went on tour. When they would go into, you know, these different cities, it would be like a band going on tour. You'd go into Milwaukee, and then you would go, you know, into uh, Los Angeles, you'd go into Indiana, you go into New York. They were on tour. And people came out in droves, and the celebrities that came out. It's fun. It's fun to take a trip down memory lane. Uh, you can watch on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You can also listen on our 362 radio affiliates around the country. As I mentioned, Reggie Miller will join us coming up. The NFL is holding a virtual mock draft today. And basically what this is, it gives teams a chance for a trial run of how it's going to feel, how it's going to look, how it's going to sound. Uh, according to ESPN's Dan Graziano, teams may choose from former greats as opposed to current prospects as nobody wants to tip there. That would be great. That'd be great if somebody goes, uh, and the Chargers to select Justin Her. Oh, we're not supposed to tell who our pick is? Or it gets leaked? Or somebody writes it down on a card? The Detroit Lions select... We have a trade in place with the Patriots. What? Yeah, Paul. Wait, so today the NFL teams are going to do a mock draft where they like take, you could take um, Tom Brady as the first overall pick. It's just names from history. Yeah. This should be broadcast. It'd be great. Who wouldn't tune in to see who, what the draft would be the first two rounds of the all-time NFL draft by actual GMs? The Lions would still screw it up and take another wide receiver. Like they'd still get, and we, and take a wide receiver. Who was the kid out of Michigan State? Charles Rogers. Charles Rogers, yeah. And the Lions take Charles Rogers with the third overall pick. I saw where uh, Gil Brandt, Gil Brandt has, uh, he's a Hall of Famer. He, of course, uh, made his bones front office of the Dallas Cowboys with Tom Landry. But he puts out uh, comps for these quarterbacks. And it's fun. And, and once again, entertainment purposes only. But, you know, some people may go, oh, yeah, I see that. All right, maybe you do. Uh, sometimes it's a little dangerous, but I, I look at it as entertainment here. McLevin, do you have the comps from uh, Gil Brandt on the quarterback? Okay, so we start with Joe Burrow. Right. Okay, so he has a former player. Right, and I'm going to give you a hint. I'm especially excited about this player comp. Joe Burrow. Oh, no. Yes. Andy Dalton? Yes. yes. Wait, he's comparing... Joe Burrow to Andy Dalton? Yeah, he said the arm strength is very similar. Okay, but and is that a good also- thing? Is that a good thing? Because we we've had we've had analysts say he's a more athletic Tom Brady. Well, Brady doesn't have great arm strength. Gill also writes that his arm strength is very similar to Peyton Manning's. Yeah, I know that's the one real knock on Joe Burrow is, you know, does he have a gun, a cannon? Uh, yeah, I just want to know, do you have that sense of anticipation? You know, are you are you good throwing receivers open? They're guys who have great arms. That doesn't mean that you are great at you know connecting with your wide receiver with your great arm. Right. Yeah, McLevin. Okay, uh, next one up is Justin Herbert. Justin. This one's a little trickier. 
Okay, give me a hint. Uh, friend of the show, big arm. You might have something in your man cave that belongs to him. Carson Palmer. Yes. Okay. You don't. What do you think of that? Okay, I'm I, I'm I'm okay. Carson was athletic. Yeah, you know, their their forties were probably maybe Herbert's a little better, but Carson was a pretty good athlete when he was coming out of USC. All right, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, the next one's pretty easy. Tua. Well, they keep saying Drew Brees, but he he's he gets out of the pocket. Drew Brees doesn't leave the pocket. That that's what I don't understand. If if Tua was six four, would we say Drew Brees? And the answer is no. It's he's six foot and he's a left-handed Drew Brees. Okay. He's really, really accurate, and so is Drew Brees. That's, to me, where the comparisons end. One's left-handed, one's right-handed. You know, Drew stays in the pocket. Tua gets out, extends plays. Uh, So, I would say more like Russell Wilson as far as using his athleticism, but Drew Brees accurate. So, it's Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees. Yeah. Okay. Jordan Love. This one is really hard to guess, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, Jordan Love, athletic, mystery. How old is the uh, comp? How old's the player? Uh, he left the NFL a couple years ago. <laughs> left? Well, I don't know. Actually, I'm not even sure. Yeah, he definitely is not in the NFL. He was going to be in the broadcast booth, but now he's a reality TV oh, show. Oh, Jay Cutler? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow, that one's interesting. What, Jay Keller had some good moments. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I just, mm, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Anybody else in there? That's it. It, it feels like there's only four quarterbacks that we're well, talking about. Jake Fromm, he gave Colt McCoy so <laughs> sort of a, a backup. Uh, he has Jalen Hurts and Jacoby Brissett. And then Jacob Eason okay, with wait. Joe Flacco. Oh, oh sorry. we were going to guess. It's a, thick, it's a little game there. Yes, uh, see. Are any of these good comparisons? <laughs> I have, well, if I'm compared to Drew Brees, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm, if I'm two, I'm happy about it. If I'm Joe Burrow, I'm like, I, if you say the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to give you a younger Andy Dalton. I don't think you're thrilled with the number one pick overall, and he's going to be another Andy Dalton. Yeah, McClellan. What about Jacob Eason, Joe Flacco? Are you hearing uh, Jacob Eason buzz, as they say? Remember, he was a big deal like a month ago. We haven't talked about every much. Every quarterback gets his day. Some get a week where, you know, we talk about him, fawn all over him, then all of a sudden they start to crash, and then we, you know, take him down off the, the pedestal. But, uh, yeah, I think, and the uh, Stanley kid out of Iowa, they like too. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's Another got a Joe Flacco. I mean, he's got a big arm. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to show up with like a Jason Momoa arm, you know, like, oh, he's got a big arm. It's the other arm that they got a problem with. It's really, really small. Yeah, Paul. I was expecting maybe a nice Justin Herbert, Brock Osweiler height comparison there. I didn't, I haven't seen that one yet. Based on height alone. Any other mocks there? I saw where um, the Jags are looking to trade Leonard Fournette. Um, So, I mean, he's making $4 million this season. And I guess if you get him and then after that, you're going to have to pay him. So the fifth year would be about eight and a half million dollars for Leonard Fournette. I'd only want him for two more years. If And Kansas City, I guess, is interested in him. Chiefs interested. I've been, what, what, am I tra- what do I have to give up to get Leonard Fournette here? Plus, then I'm going to have to pay him as well. Yeah, McLovin. 
There's also a trade report out there. The Broncos want to trade up for Jerry Judy, which if there's a report out there, it's not going to happen, right? Well, that is um, Woody Page. Woody, right. Woody Page tweeted that out. Um, I don't know. Remember the Broncos or uh, the uh, 49ers? They were going to draft a wide receiver. And then I saw a report where the Patriots want to come up and trade with the Niners to then maybe be in a position to take a quarterback. What? I, I don't know who would be telling the truth. If, if I ran a, a, a draft room, let, let's just say we all worked here, and I would say to everybody, I wouldn't tell Fritzy the truth at all because he would blab to everybody. But That's I true. would say to you guys, this is these are the only people who know the truth in here. And if it gets out, I'll find out, and you'll be fired. Like I, I would just say we can't let any of this information. You can't tell anybody. You can't tell your brother. You can't tell your your sister-in-law. You can't you can't do anything. But if you want to put out a fake story, fine. Do not tell anybody the truth, because that doesn't help you. the The false information is going to help somebody here. One of these teams will benefit from false information where somebody slides. Also understand, you know, these mock drafts, these guys aren't able to travel freely and get, you know, get in front of, you know, pro days. And, and it feels like everybody sort of has a similar opinion here with the mock drafters. Although as Peyton Manning said last hour, you know, that's all we need is 50 more mock drafts. He said, we should just have Mel Kuyper on this. Peyton's still bitter about what was written about him when he was coming out of Tennessee. These guys never forget, by the way. I had a couple of phone calls, then we'll take a break. Reggie will join us. Keegan in New York joins us. Keegan, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, what's up, DP? Hey, bud. Hope all's well with your family scattered around the globe. Thank you. I appreciate Got that. Got a best and worst for you. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that today is Mock Draft Monday. So for the best, I'm going to go with my New York Liberty, drafting the generational talent of Sabrina Unescu with the number one pick of the WNBA draft on Friday. And it's not much of a gamble. But I'm calling it now that the Liberty bring a championship to New York before the Knicks or Nets. <laughs> I'm curious, though, what the NFL took away from the WNBA draft broadcast um, on Friday because I thought it went pretty well for a pilot run. Yeah, I watched it. You know, you have that separation there where you're not in person with somebody. And thanks for the phone call, Keegan. You know, they, I, I think one of the picks was uh, – going to Indiana and, you know, you're at, you know, the commissioner's asking a question and then you have to wait a couple of seconds and then she says something and then you start to step on each other. Hopefully they limit that as much as they can or they improve that as, as best they can. So you're able to have a conversation there where you're not kind of stepping on each other. But, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the draft uh, on uh, Friday night and uh, Sabrina going to uh, the Liberty there. Take a break here. Reggie Miller, his thoughts on the Bulls documentary. You'll find out next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Discover is making it easy to check your FICO credit score. And really, you should do this. And even if you're not a member of Discover, don't have one of their credit cards, you're checking things all the time. You should check your credit and it's uh, able to do that. You're able to do that free. It's uh, used by 90 percent of top lenders. And even if you're not a customer, checking your score won't hurt your credit. 
and you can check each month for changes there. The Discover Credit Scorecard, free for everyone. You can learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. I'm not sure when Reggie Miller's name comes up in the documentary on the uh, Chicago Bulls. People think it's the Michael Jordan documentary, which I guess it is. Without him, you don't have a documentary. But I, I'm, I'm waiting for that Michael Reggie Miller moment because it is happening. And then I was told that maybe it's around episode eight or nine as we make way for one of the great shooters of all time. Hall of Famer Reggie Miller. Did you watch last night? I did. Um, reluctantly, yes, I watched. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. If I was not coming on the show <laughs> this morning, I doubt I would have watched last night. Not saying I would not have watched, let's say, today at some point, but I probably would not have watched last night because... It's a homework assignment. It, it was. Because I wanted to know, you know, follow along what you were going to ask me. But also, for you know, I don't want people to think, you know, why is he hating? I'm not hating because it's more out of hurtful respect. Because for those of us who were called by central casting to be in this movie versus the Bulls in the 90s, we lived it. I lived it. So I don't need to actually see it. Now, there were some things that, because they had a camera crew following them, there were certain things that you did not know because, um, you know, Jordan's been sitting on this footage for, you know, 25, 30 years. Um, You did not know. But for those of us who actually lived it and played against him and were, you know, trying to compete with them, I didn't need to watch the doc to know it just it brought back a lot of those good and bad memories of going against that dude. Were you interviewed for this? Again, reluctantly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tried to fight it. I actually did. I, but, but I didn't Reg, want to do it. You know that Michael had to approve everybody who was going to be interviewed, and, and so so he had to approve that you were correct. Right? correct. Yeah. Correct, and I did not want. I wasn't going to do it, and I fought it, and I wasn't going to do it. And I had everyone from the league office saying, "You need to be a part of this," and everyone at Turner telling me I needed to be a part of this. I was like, "No, no, go, no, no, go, no. I don't need to be a part of it." And then I, I was like, "Look, maybe it was it was a healing part of it too to talk about, you know the." You know, I don't want people to think that it was some big rivalry because a rivalry to me is we are we are on equal footing. I was never on equal footing with MJ, okay? But I loved the battles. And I know a lot of players that I played against, they would bow down to him. And that just was not going to be me. I just – it was not in my nature to do that. So maybe I was hard-headed. Maybe I should have bowed down to him. But – uh, it was good to talk about it in some of those times to help myself move on, Theodore. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that 
that it, but you know, that maybe you needed to move on. It was cathartic in a way. Like you've been holding, you, like you may not have liked him, but you certainly respected him. But did you learn anything new about this as you went through the process? Well, it, it's funny because I, on this show, you and I, we've, you know, since I think I've been on the show five, six, seven years, uh, maybe even longer. And I've stated he is the GOAT. He's the greatest player of all time. You know, I, I, I mince no words about that. Um, you know, I talked about him and Kobe, you know, and him and LeBron. To me, they're, they're not even in the same breath or league. Um, but it's funny, you know, when you hear about the whole Jerry Krause and uh, blowing up the team, you know, people need to understand he put the team together, too. Yeah. He put that championship team together. Now, he blew it up. Um, but it just shows you, and I hope the younger generation understands this, because I tried to use some of that material while we played, you know, especially on Scotty, like, you know, suddenly at free throw lines, man, I, I can't believe they're trying to get rid of you, dude. Are you kidding? You know, I would use a little bit of that <laughs> during the game. But it goes to show you how strong oh. MJ mentally was. I mean, you've won five championships, and you've got all this on your shoulders. This dude was so mentally strong and focused, you couldn't crack him. You just couldn't crack him. But, like, you got – you're very competitive, obviously, and so is he, and you knew that there was going to be a moment where this this would come to a head. Yes. Um and I think a part of it, maybe he was trying to tell – look, it didn't matter. I just knew. I knew that we were going to be on a collision course. I, I just – how my nature is, and it's hard for me to hold my tongue. And I think being baptized um, during the summers, at, during my UCLA days by Magic and, and Michael Cooper and, and Byron Scott telling me never to back down, always take two steps forward – and being a young kid and very impressionable, you know, never help anyone up. You, you never, you know, you never bow down. You never, never do that. I don't care who the man is in front of you. And I just could never hold my tongue. And <laughs> being in our arena and having our friends cheer for him, it, it burned me. It, 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 I don't know. It just, I was, there was a rage inside of me. Um, and it made me want to be better. That's what MJ did. He, he made other people want to – it just made me want to be better because you wanted to be on his same footing, which was never going to happen for a player like me. But in my head, I thought so. I just I, – and I tell people that I, I was in Atlanta at a Hawks game and it felt like 80% of the Omni was there rooting for the Bulls. They were just I, – I, I don't know if we'll ever have a team where it feels like everybody – was fascinated by them, loved them, couldn't wait for them to get to town, even if it meant beating your team. What what was it about the Bulls that we saw that we'll probably never see again? And if you look at that, the, the episode when they're in France, I think the late commissioner kind of echoed that, right? That's why I thought I think it was going to be so hard to ever beat them because they were going to get every benefit of the doubt calls because they were the team. You were going to have to truly beat the Bulls. 
it wasn't going to be happen chance. It wasn't going to be them. You had to beat MJ and Scotty and Dennis. And I think the commissioner's words echoed that because they were the team. They were our cash cow. And when they came into old Market Square Arena, and again, we're only three, two and a half, three hours drive apart, so close proximity between Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, and, and obviously playing in Chicago. So a lot of their fans could drive up to games, buy our tickets, our good seats, <laughs> and cheer for them. Um, so not until we started to, to get good while he was playing baseball in, in 93, 94, and on, once we started to get a great home base because we started to win and we started to see success and our fans started to rally and get behind that. So then once we played them during the playoffs, it was more 80% fans for us and 20% fans as opposed to it being, as you mentioned, you know, 60-40 them, 70-30 them. Um, so we, by the time we started winning, our fan base had changed because we wanted to beat MJ. We wanted to be that team. Talking to Reggie Miller, the Hall of Famer, Turner's sports NBA analyst, and one of the great shooters in the history of the game. Uh, speaking of which, would you have rather have had Pippen on you or Jordan on you? I've had them both. Um, I would much rather have MJ on me because MJ, no offense, he liked to take great defender, don't get me wrong, unbelievable, probably the, one of the best on-ball defenders ever. But? But, but I stayed in motion. There was, so I never stopped moving, and I knew that he wanted to exert a lot of energy at the offensive end, and it was my job to take a little bit of steam out those legs. So I knew that he would always take corners by not locking and trailing me. He would always try to go over the screens. Um, well, he come was up with playing the, the passing lanes. He was playing the passing lanes all the time because he didn't want to exert that energy of staying with me and being in a marathon all game so I could get clean looks. Scotty was much taller, longer, and stuck to the principles, though he didn't guard me a lot because back then you guarded your man. You had to guard MJ. MJ had to guard you. There wasn't a lot of switching and all that, um, though – you could ask my good friend Mark Jackson how it feels to have <laughs> Scotty Pippen on him because during that seven-game series, Phil put Scotty on Michael and that changed. Or Scotty put on Mark and that changed the complexity of that series mm. um, because it took you know twelve to fourteen seconds just to get the ball up the court, <laughs> and we were, we were, we couldn't even get into our offense quickly. So that would be a better question for Mark Jackson than it would be for me. Uh, When you first heard that Michael was going to leave and go play baseball, what was your reaction? Ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch is dead, the witch is dead. Um, I was shocked. Um, Obviously, it opened up not only my career and the, the Pacers because we took off, but, you know, people question, does Houston get those two rings if MJ doesn't, you know, go bat 205, right? Do you, do you think? I will say this. Elijah Juan was a handful. I, you know, I don't know. We'll never know. That, I'm going to give them respect. They won back-to-back championships 
and let's leave it at that. But, but Reg, it, I also was thinking about this with the draft. And, you know, you drafted for positions back then. You know, Portland needed a big man. Uh, the, yeah. Then went, you know, then Akeem goes to the Rockets, and then Mike goes to the Bulls. They don't take Mike because they have Clyde Drexler. But in today's NBA, you'd go, hey. Best player. Best player yeah. available. Yes. And he may have gone one. He may have gone. If, if you're drafting today, though, it would have been hard to pass up at the time, Akeem Olajuwon, now Hakeem Olajuwon, yeah. um, because to me, he's one of the top seven or eight players ever, Hakeem. Yeah. So, but at the time, Sam Bowie was the correct call. Out of Kentucky, a big man, could stretch the floor, could shoot, could rebound. No one saw the injuries yeah. that he went through and ended up having a, a solid career, not great, but obviously he he didn't live up to the name in Portland. But I believe he played pretty well when he was in New Jersey, when he got traded there and had a, a serviceable career, but didn't have the Jordan-like career. But nobody knew that Mike was going to be Mike. I mean, he hit the jumper, win a national title. But you know, in fairness to some of these other GMs, Rod Thorne yeah. of the Bulls, he didn't know that Mike was going to be Mike. If if you redrafted, then Mike's going to go number one, obviously. But you know, at the time, Akeem was Akeem was a better college player. Patrick Ewing was a better college player. You had guys who were better than Michael, right. in, in my opinion. We just didn't know that Mike was going to explode and be something that we hadn't seen before. When did you first get the, the like your first in person? Because here you are already in the league, and. You know, so the first time around you're hearing, yeah, this, hey, Jordan, man, he's a bad dude, man. You're like, oh, okay, right. Well, I got it early, even before he got, well, it may have been his rookie year. There was, at the time, there was an exhibition between UCLA and North Carolina, the alums, as well as the current players. And we played this game in Pauley Pavilion. And I saw it somewhere. Some, someone has footage of this. And this was the actual first time that I got a chance to go against him. And I believe I was still a senior at UCLA. And it might have been his first or second year in the league. And I remember Kenny Smith being there and a lot of the Carolina greats versus the UCLA greats, uh, old and new. And having a chance to you know, lock horns with him. And I remember Coach Hazard was coaching our team, and he just kept putting me on him. Go at him. Go at him. Go at him. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I want to go at him. <laughs> at him. At him. <laughs> but um, you knew. You knew. And it's funny because you and I, we know MJ intimately. And it's funny looking at some of those old clips right when he was drafted and hearing him because he didn't know. He was like, I hope to come in and, you know, change the complexity of the bull. Like, how he talks now <laughs> and how he talked then. Because, no, as you mentioned, no one knew. No one knew. And he didn't know. But he quickly turned everything and the fortunes of that franchise very quickly. When Jordan comes back from baseball, his first game was at Indy against mm-hmm. you guys, right? You guys won. Oh, you guys won that game. Yes, we did, and I was so amped 
because, first of all, that's balling. Because usually most guys, they're going to wait to play a home game and be in their you know, normal <laughs> surroundings. This dude wants to do it on the road, right? And do it against us. If we were, you know, since he had left, us in New York, we were the team. So I'm like, okay, it's about let's do this. Wow. He's back. Wow. You know, so we were excited. We were up for it. What would you say if you, if you sat down with him? Like, let's say we went to dinner and then you see MJ. I might punch him. <laughs> no, you... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It... Uh, again. Are you being serious? Goes... Are you that? Would you be? You'd have different emotions. Man, there was a lot of stuff being thrown back and forth. I respect the heck out of that dude. The greatest. I mean, he's the greatest, but... But what's the one thing he said that you you can't let go? Can you tell uh, me? It's not so... It's just... It, it, it just hurts because when you feel... I just felt we should have ended them in 97, that season. The one that, you know, they had the crew... I, I, I felt we were the better team, and it just pains me and hurts. It hurts me. So it's not so much bitter or animosity towards him. But he didn't say things to you, did he? Um, look, I don't kiss and tell. Okay. I, I've fair. never been that type of player. I'm not going to kiss and tell. Okay. You know, there's a lot of things said on the, on the hard floor, and I've said a lot of things. At times, maybe I – you know, regret. But mean-spirited but stuff. Win. But mean-spirited. Yeah, you know, it could be funny, but I don't care. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm trying to hurt your feelings. So you're not going to hurt my feelings. But did you get personal? Yes. Did he get personal? Yes. How personal? And there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to remember, I've kind of known MJ even back to the Sheryl days because they were both Naismith Award winners, and they went to the bank together, and I was there. So I didn't know him, but, you know, he was there with my sister. So I, I, I kind of knew. And it's funny because people, you know, he comes out and says, you know, I'm scared that people are going to think I'm a, you know, they're going to get a bad image of me after they see, you know. I'm like, dude, we already know who you are. <laughs> And you know what? Uh, the timing of this, Reg, I keep thinking, you know, this was LeBron Jr. He could win a title with the Lakers, you know, third different franchise. And then all of a sudden, here's the reminder. LeBron, it doesn't, yes. it, it doesn't matter what you do. This is going to reinforce it even more where we're going to go. How was this ever a debate is probably how yeah. people are going to react after this documentary. And everyone is locked at home. I mean, this dropped at the... Look, we got, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People are locked in their homes, yeah. nothing but the remotes <laughs> and TV, and they are publicizing the heck out of this. You are 100% correct. Oh, this is a man. reminder to the younger generation, oh, y'all must have forgot. Are you going to watch next why. Sunday? Uh, am I coming on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 yeah, hell yeah, go ahead. Join us next time. Now I'm in because I like, the, I like the cliffhanger that they left us with, with the whole Scotty. First of all, Scotty, I hope you're that upset with your agent. 
<laughs> and I, I get it that you took the money and, you know, it's admirable taking care of the family because that comes first, taking care of family responsibilities. But here's – hey, Scotty, if the owner tells you it's a bad deal and I wouldn't take it, safe to say don't take the deal. Don't come crying back to me a few years later wanting more money. But he you told a, you it was a bad deal. You got a problem with Scotty too or just Michael? No. I love love Scotty. Okay. My, and Rodman, you yes. okay with Rodman? I absolutely love Rod. I love Look, I love MJ. I do. Yeah, but I you could punch him, but you could punch him. You wouldn't punch Kukoc no, or Rodman. No, I would not Rodman. punch Rodman. I would not punch cuz Scotty and I are the same draft. And we were on the 96 Olympic team. Nothing but love for Scotty. I have nothing but love for MJ. It's just two guards, shooting guards. We're locked up. We're holding. We're hitting. We're punching. And we're, we're just talking to one another. Now, this is what made you who you are. That you didn't, he, deep down, and I don't know what he says in the documentary, but if you didn't, if you didn't walk towards him, then I don't think, I think he would disrespect you. I think the fact that you did it. I think he's still probably going to disrespect me. I don't know what he said about me. I don't know how they framed it. But he's not going to be like I, Isaiah, nor though. Nor do I care. For, I'm just letting people know. Nor do I care what, they, what he said about me, if it's good or bad. What about Isaiah, man? He's still, that, that'll never go his feelings for, or lack thereof of Isaiah. That's real. And vice versa, I'm guessing. That's, that's real. That's real. <sighs> man. But it was fun, wasn't it? We li- Theodore, you and I were in the middle of it. I was knee-deep in that, man. We loved it. Knee-deep in that. Knee-deep in that. Everyone now, buddy, buddy. Hey, <laughs> let's go, hey, let's play AAU together. Come on, man. Be on my Instagram, <laughs> FaceTime chat. Come on, dude. Let's hang out. That, you think I'm trying to get MJ on an Instagram live? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, man. Talk to you soon. <laughs> I love you, brother. I See love you, My best it's to the family. Yeah, I know. I know the Danettes are all spread out. I miss you, Danettes. I miss being on, on, on this show, man. I miss you, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Reg. You got That's it. That's Reggie Aloysius Miller Jr. the third. You know, I, I'm, I, when I'm out with Reg, I'm always careful about this topic, though, because it is so raw about Michael. But that's because he was such a competitor. Even though he knew Mike was a better player, he just, he, he sees him, he hears him, and it reminds him of what he didn't get. And Mike got it all. And Reg, you know, I think that's why. It, it might be cathartic. I think that he has to talk this out a little bit more. Because Barkley can laugh it off. Reg, I think, internalizes it. Take a break. Last call for phone calls back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. I saw where Mike Florio had a report, Pro Football Talk, about the Chiefs may be interested in Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is... And I go back to when we watched him at LSU because he won the Heisman in September. Remember that? We were like, man, Leonard Fournette is killing it. He wears down. And that was, that's the problem with Leonard Fournette. Yards per month. September, he averaged 5.6. October, 4.3. November, 3.7. December, 3.4. 
That's not good. If they had played in January, probably would have been down to three yards per carry, per rush. But Leonard Fournette, apparently on the trading block. And uh, I don't know what you're trading for him. Are you, you're not giving up more than you would Christian McCaffrey when there was talk that maybe would you trade Christian McCaffrey? If you truly went all in to tank then, and you got, gave up Christian McCaffrey, which obviously they made the right decision and kept him. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what Leonard Fournette's worth, a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick? Uh, let me see. Uh, Brent in Texas, best and worst of the weekend. Brent, what do you have for me? Hi, Dan. First time, long time, 63200. My best and worst of the weekend both come from the Last Dance documentary. The best, learning that the Bulls openly mocked Jerry Krause, including Michael Jordan once saying, do you want to run some layups with us? We could lower the rim. Yeah. Well, they called him Crumbs, Brent. His nickname was Crumbs because he always had his lunch crumbs all over him. That's brutal. Brutal. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, um, it, but yeah, I mean, he put the team together, but geez, not, it's terrible how he, how he tore it down. But then the worst um, was, you know, I grew up in the Seattle area as a as Sonics and Seahawks fan. So to see Scotty Pippen in the Sonics hat and realize <laughs> the reminder that Seattle traded Scotty Pippen for Olden Polonies. I know. I know. Right there. Draft day swap. God, I miss the Sonics. A great fan base. Great uniforms. Great team. That team against the Bulls, you could make a case they were a better team. That was a talented team. And Sean Kemp was that series. He was great. A lot of fun. Uh, Stockton in North Carolina. Hey, Stock. Hey, buddy. How you doing, Dan? Good, sir. Good. Hey, quick question. I was listening to the uh, little segment with um, with... Uh, Reggie, and, and he kept calling you Theodore. I, and I was really confused because I, I, I thought there might have been a, a different host for the day. But then I realized it was you. I, I just wanted to know the backstory along those lines. I Because I call him Aloysius, and that's not his middle name. But uh, it's he called me Daniel Theodore. Isn't Patrick Ewing middle name Aloysius? Yeah, from what I remember, it goes back at least 10 years ago. He was goofing, on, and he was talking about different centers. He goes, you said something about a center he wanted to play with. He'd be like, it would be Patrick Aloysius Ewing. We thought he was making that name up, but that's his name. But he, he would do it for um, emphasis. And then you asked him about another player, and he's like, uh, William Horatio Walton, <laughs> the UCLA legend. And it's not Horatio. He just would throw middle names in there. And then you guys started doing it back and forth to each other. Yeah, and then I was Theodore, and then he was Aloysius. I have no idea. Uh, Fritzy, what would you learn today? Reggie Miller shocked and thrilled to hear MJ was stepping away from hoops for a while to play baseball. Yeah, yeah. ding dong, the witch is dead. McLovin? Peyton basically said Eli cheated on the Wonderlick. I uh, know. He said he, his brother did cheat. Seaton? Reggie still has some healing to do, clearly. Yes, he does. Paulie? Eli's coming back. Yeah, he's got four kids at home. He's got to get out of the house. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. Take care of your family today. The right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow here on the Dan Patrick Show. One more item in the final hour, and it's our friends from Simply Safe Home Security, longtime friends of the Dan Patrick Show. With all the uncertainty in the world, feeling safe at home has never been more important. Let me run down a couple things about Simply Safe. 